Well, good morning. I want you to open up to Judges. Last week, we talked a little bit about generations, and we said that God needed all of us to help the generations to come up to know him, uh, Judges chapter 2. And we will use that as, as a foundation scripture that we used last week because I want to go further into just an area that he told us there. Now, we know that the, that the, 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 the children of Israel, they have been dismissed to their inheritance in verse 6. Verse 7, the people served the Lord all the days of Joshua and all the days of the elders who survived Joshua, who had seen all the great work in the that the Lord had done for Israel. Verse 8, we know that Joshua died. Verse 9, we know they buried him at Timnath, Harris, and also in the hill country of Ephraim, north of Gash. We know that. And then in verse 10, what we want to concentrate on is that all that generation also were gathered to their fathers, and there arose another generation after them who did not know the Lord. We'll stop right there for this week. Now, they, they didn't know the Lord. And we talked about that last week. Now, this week, the title of the message is, We Need to Know the Lord. Now, do you know the Lord? Are you sure you know the Lord? Because we see that all that generation, in verse 10, also were gathered to their fathers, and there arose another generation after them who did not know the Lord. How can somebody not know the Lord that's in your household. Just think about it now. Here's a generation of people. They, all of them love the Lord. They were serving God now. Because Joshua and that generation, they were serving God. The people were serving God. That means they had children. They had uh, at least one generation there. And probably two generations, three generations. How can you be in a household... And you doubt, and your children come up, and they don't know the Lord. Or their children. How can that be? Surely you've talked about the Lord. Because you remember in Deuteronomy chapter 6, he told uh, the children of Israel, he told them that they needed to teach their children when they rise up, when they, when they go to bed, when they're walking on the wayside. They're supposed to be talking about the Lord all the time. So now how can that be? I, I, I said, God, I don't know. So I said, well, could it be now, now that they did hear about that? They did go to uh, the, the meetings and all those type of things. They were taught, but they didn't know the Lord. I need to know what it means to know the Lord. Because if I get that wrong, then my impartation to another generation will still be wrong. And that can mean that, that that generation comes up, like my children, they won't know the Lord only because I thought I knew the Lord, but I didn't, like he said I should, and therefore they didn't know the Lord. I said, okay, but I know the Lord. Am I sure I know the Lord? Are you sure? You know the Lord scripturally, like he says, you should know him. 
So that's what I wanted to do today. And we want to take about half an hour, whatever, to, to do that. Now, let's go to uh, the, the New Testament, John. Now, we want, we, I want you to go to John 17, uh, the Gospel of John 17. But I'm going to quote John 3.16 because everybody knows that we don't have to go there. You remember it says, For God so loved the world, come on now, that whosoever believed in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Now, that everlasting life, you should be in John, the Gospel of John 17 now, chapter 17. That everlasting life is talking about eternal life. Everlasting. Lasts all the time. Doesn't give up. Doesn't stop. Verse 3. This is eternal life. Okay, we're getting ready to hear something. Jesus is talking. It's in red in my Bible. That they may know you. That means then that to possess eternal life is to know God. Because it says now, this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you sent. So if, if, if I am called by God, if and we are, let's say we are called by God, the Holy Spirit regenerates us, he opens our eyes, gives us saving faith, we choose now to accept this because we're not going to turn that down because it's irresistible grace. So therefore, we accept the Lord, and now we have Eternal life. Is that true? Is that true? Eternal life is in God. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He's not talking about natural life, is he? He's it's always. He always existed. So when our life, when we gave our life to Christ... Our life is hid with Christ in God. So we have eternal life. One way I can know that I know God is I possess, you possess eternal life. Okay? Now, that is wrapped up in the same thing. To know God is eternal life is one package. It's one package. It's not separated. It's not saying that, well, if you get to know God, you'll have eternal life. It's not saying that, well, if you have eternal life, then you'll get to know God. Eternal life is to know God. So that's one. We're going to talk about five. How do I know that I know God so that my transfer to my daughters, Ivy, Cameron, Brandy, uh, my transfer to whatever generations I'm working with, to you, 
whatever I do, I know that I'm imparting a knowledge of God because I know I possess eternal life. You cannot, you cannot pass on the knowledge of God if you don't have eternal life. Okay, know that. Let's go to another one. I want to look at James chapter 2. Let's go there. I want to look at verse 18 through 20 here, verses 18 through 20. 20. Now, once we know we are in Christ, we have eternal life. It says, but someone may well say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without your works. And I will show you my faith by my works. You believe that God is one? You do well. The demons also believe and shudder. But are you willing to recognize, oh, you foolish fellow, that faith without works is useless? Now, we have a have these verses here because I believe that we as Christians must walk the talk. Do you hear what I'm saying? We must walk the talk. And to say that I know God, but you don't see any results of my knowledge of God. You don't see any fruit of my knowledge of God, something's wrong. There's something wrong when you don't see fruit from a fruit tree. There's something wrong with the tree. Or if you see wrong fruit from what's supposed to be maybe a pear tree, you, you have apples, something wrong. It's supposed to bear the fruit of the, of the tree. So if I have a knowledge of God, it should be something that follows that. And I say that uh, in these verses, people are saying, well, you know, God is one God. What a unity of God, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. That's, that's, that's correct. But so what? If you're not going to do anything, nothing follows that. You don't have any fruit to follow that because the demons, they know the unity of God. <laughs> they know that. But they don't serve God. They don't have a knowledge of God. So just because we say that we know God but no fruit, then I say that we don't know God like we think we know God. Fruit must follow. Let's give you a working example of that. Let's look in the Old Testament in 1 Samuel chapter 2. Let's go there. And we'll see something there because Samuel wrote part of the book, and uh, another author. So in 1 Samuel chapter 2, we'll start in verse 12. It says, Now the sons of Eli, Eli's a, the priest, has a sons, were worthless men. They were degenerate, they were corrupt, they were scoundrels. They're wicked. They just exploited people. That's what it means by worthless men. 
They, oh my, oh my goodness, this is what, I'm reading out of New American Standard now. They, they did not know the Lord. Now that's an interesting statement. That's an interesting statement. You have priest's son that said they didn't know the Lord. Now you know Eli knew the Lord. Because how could he teach Samuel anything if he didn't know the Lord? He had to know the Lord. So why would here his sons, which is another generation comes up, that don't know the Lord? It says, they did not know the Lord. So I want to know why, Lord. Why is it that these, these, these men, these young men, didn't know the Lord? Well, if you look down in 13 through 17, it says in the custom of the priests with the people, when any, other, when any man come offering a sacrifice, the priest's servant would, the priest's servant would come while the meat was boiling with a three-pronged fork in his hand. Then he would thrust it into the pan that killed all the cattle and all the pot. All that the fork brought up, the priest would take for himself. Thus did they did in Shiloh to all the Israelites who came there. Also, before they burned the fat, the priest's servant would come and say to the man who was sacrificing, Get a priest's meat for roasting, as he would not take broiled meat from you in it, only raw. If the man said to him, They must surely burn the fat first, and then take as much as you desire. Then he would say, no, but you shall give it to me now, and if not, I will take it by force. Thus, the sin of the young men was very great before the Lord, for the men despised the offering of the Lord. Now, in Leviticus, you could read that the priest, God had already uh, provided for the priest to get certain parts of the sacrifice. He also provided and stipulated that the fat, the fat was his. It must be burned. You can't take it and, and eat it, priest. You've got you to burn the fat. The fat is mine. But see, Eli's sons, they were not doing that. So as we're looking at why would Samuel make this statement then, I submit to you he make a statement like that because they didn't have fruit. You remember what we read? They didn't have fruit to match what they supposed to have known. So you have a generation coming up that didn't know the Lord because they didn't have fruit. They were doing things, not good deeds. We need to have good deeds following that knowledge of God, our relationship with God, supposed to produce some good deeds. We're not supposed to be doing evil deeds. Do you see what I'm saying? If, we are, if, if, if what's following us are evil deeds, are deeds that's not godly, then our knowledge of God, Samuel would say, is not in existence. We don't know the Lord. Do you see how another generation could come up? And even though you know Eli taught them, because later on, and, and if you read it later on, he told them, hey, you shouldn't do that. Well, you shouldn't do that. Don't do that. 
they were doing all sorts of things. You know, they were laying with the women that, that was up by the gate. They were doing all sorts of evil deeds. And he said, don't do that. You shouldn't do that. So he told them. Now, he didn't, he, didn't, he didn't make sure that they did it, and the Lord dealt with him about that. But let me tell you, we need to have deeds, good deeds that follow our knowledge. So number one, how do I know that I know the Lord? How do I know that, that you know the Lord? How do I know that? You have eternal life. Two is that you have good deeds following you. You don't have evil deeds. You have good deeds. Now, you have to have both in that area now because we know unsaved people can have some good deeds. You know that? But they don't, if they're not saved, they're not in Christ. So the, the deeds they are doing is not to glorify God. Let's, say. Let's go to a third area. We got five. First one was what? Eternal life. Possess it. Second one, good deeds. The third one, we need to go to 1 John. Let's go there. And in 1 John chapter 1, let's go to 1 John chapter 1. Let's look at 2 and 3. Verses 2 and 3. And the life was manifested, and we have seen and testify and proclaim to you eternal life, which was with the Father and was manifested to us. What we have seen and heard, we proclaim to you also so that you too may have fellowship with us. And indeed, our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. Three. When you have eternal life, when you have good deeds, when you know God, Knowledge of God, having eternal life wrapped up in that, is fellowship with Christ. Fellowship with the Father. Fellowship. He wants personal fellowship. See, religion can take us doing some good deeds. But we, want, we don't want to hear anything like, I never knew you. Even though we're doing good deeds, we're casting out demons, we're doing all this kind of stuff. We don't want to hear that, do we? We want to have intimate, personal fellowship with the Father and with the Son. That's what we want to have. We want to have communion. When we receive communion once every other month, we do it the first time every month, we, we will participate in what Christ did, his death and his burial, his resurrection, we're participating with him. When we're fellowshipping with him, we're participating with him. All that he, has, he, he, he died for, he died for the sins of the world, didn't he? He died as others may come to him, didn't he? We need to be 
participating with that. We need to be participating, like I said, with bringing up another generation. We need to participate in what, like I said, the, the week before that even, I said that we need to encourage one another. You remember? Yeah, we need to encourage one another. See, that participation, that's what he wants because he does that. He said we need to edify one another daily. He always encourages us. We get in this word and we get encouraged. And so, therefore, we need to be doing that, participating, fellowshipping with him. We want to walk and talk with him. We want to be like Adam was when, before he sinned. He, we know that he must have walked and talked with God, didn't he? In the cool of the day, that's what we want to do. We want to talk to him, talk to him. And I was trying to talk to him last night because I, I, t- I was telling a couple of people today, um, I was in the, in, the, in the Sunday school class. Now, and what I, I hope, I hope you excuse me, because I can hardly keep my eyes awake for so because I, I I took a nap. I made a mistake and took a nap. See, a lot of you, oh, it's okay to take a nap, but with me, if I take a nap, I don't get sleepy anymore the rest of the day. And I took a nap around 4:30, woke up around 5:30. We came over here around six something, and. Whenever I went to bed, my eyes were wide open. Wide open. I said, man, I got sleep around 3.30 this morning. So I went to bed around 4, and because of, I had to be ready and everything, and uh, get up at 5.30, so I got about an hour and a half sleep. And I, was, I said, God, don't let me stay up all night. At least get, see, when there was long, goes out at 4 o'clock. And it was about 10 minutes before, four, and I was slipping in bed, so it won't wake her up. And, 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 uh, and I said, let me get to sleep before this alarm go off, God, because I, I might not, you know, get to sleep if that alarm go off. That thing is loud. And you got to talk to the Lord. Can't, don't you have to talk to him? Do you think he's up? Yeah, he's up. He's up. He doesn't sleep, does he? Nor slumber, does he? Nor take naps. <laughs> he doesn't. He doesn't. So... You know, that, that I, I talk to him. I talk to him. And that's what you want to do in your fellowship. You want to talk to the Lord. Uh, you can't call many people at 3 in the morning. <laughs> right? I just found out that the dentist was up at 3. <laughs> yeah, he was up there. I said, we were up together, brother. <laughs> yeah. But he don't call me. <laughs> don't call me. Yeah, don't call me. See? But sometimes we were going through things, and we had to cry out to God, help me, God. He, he, this fellowship, he wants that commune with it. He, he cares about every single thing of your life. He cares about if you lose something. He cares about it. He cares about something that's happening to you on, on a job. He cares about every single thing about your life. He cares about it. If you're sick, he cares about it. Migraine has it. He, he cares about it. He cares about these things, so he wants a relationship with you. He wants fellowship. So that's why they said that so that you too may have fellowship with us, and indeed our fellowship is with the Father. So these apostles, they said, we're fellowship with the Father and the Son, and we want you to fellowship also with us because this fellowship is good. This fellowship is good. So number one is that we're going to possess eternal life, right? That's how we know that we know the Lord and we can impart it to another generation. 
we possess eternal life. And we have good deeds. Follow them. That's number two. Number three is that we fellowship. We have fellowship personal now. Personal, not somebody else's, not your mama's, not your dad's, but you have personal fellowship with the Father and with the Son. That's three. Let's go to four. You don't have to turn in the pages probably. First John chapter 2, verse 3. By this we know that we have come to know him. That is good. I mean, that is good, isn't it? It's it's telling you just what you want to know, isn't it? I mean, it said it just like it is. They said it. He must have knew my notes, but he's saying it right here. By this, we know, and that's what we want to know, that we have come to know him. That's what I want to know. That's what you want to know? If we keep his commandments. Oh, that's number four, if we keep his commandments. So that means now that I know that I can pass on to my daughters into you another generation. I can pass on because most of you are in another generation than I am. Not everybody, but most of you in a generation. And we can pass this thing on, can't we, Laura? We can pass this thing on because we're in the same generation. We can pass this thing on to another generation because we keep his commandments. I know I can pass this thing on because we keep his commandments. Oh. Now, that's, we can easily evaluate whether we are knowing God in this area, can't we? Because if we are breaking his commandments, oh, we know. We're not knowing God in the way he wants us to know us. And what we're passing on might not be what we think we're passing on. Right? Okay, so don't think we can break God's commandments and like Eli's sons and then say, this other generation, I told them how to know God. See, Eli can't say that because Eli allowed his children to break the commandments. He knew they were breaking it. He allowed it. He could have stopped them. He allowed it. And so therefore Samuel said that they didn't know the Lord. We're not going to do that. His commandments are real easy, isn't it? Because you don't have to remember the Ten Commandments, right? Because he broke it down in the New Testament to two. And then he broke it down to one in Galatians. He broke it down to one. Let's go to number five. Number one was, we know that we know him if we do what? Eternal life. Number two, we know that we know him if we have good deeds. Number three, we know that we know him if we have fellowship, personal fellowship with him. Number four, we know that we know him if we keep his commandments. Let's look at number five, the last one. Let's look in uh, 1 John chapter, we don't have to go far, chapter four, and let's look in verse seven. Start verse seven. 1 John chapter four, verse seven. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God. And everyone who loves is born of God, and, oh my goodness gracious, does that say what I think it says? And knows God. Woo-wee. Man, this is spelling this thing out. 
You're not going to leave here and say, and say that you don't know how to know God. It's spelled out, isn't it? Yes, and this is black and white right here. Now, let's, let's read that again now. Beloved, let us love one another. For love is from God. And everyone who loves, he's talking to the church now, is born of God, so we know we have eternal life, and knows God. I can know I'm passing on. I know I'm passing on to another generation of knowledge of God if I'm loving. If I'm loving. Let's go a little bit further now. Verse 8. The one who does not love, he's trying to spell it out to us now. The one who does not love does not, come on, finish it for me. So that means I don't care how much I say, hey, I know God. If I'm not walking in love, Jennifer, tell me, you don't know God, right? Tell it to me, you don't know God. That's it. And then, and then, that's it. So, you know, somebody who, you you know, in our life groups, you know, these groups we're getting together with, and, and you'll get in a tiff with one another, you know, because of whatever the situation may be, and I'm telling you, it's going to rub the wrong way. I'm telling you, you're going to get rubbed anyway. You can get rubbed the wrong way. Somehow, you can get rubbed. And you don't want to forgive them either. You want to take your marbles and go home. You don't want to come to that life because you're going to change and go to the. They might not come to yours, though, Jerry. I don't know because you, you, go, you got this word in there. They might not go to yours. So, so, <laughs> so and, and you say, well, let, let's, let's reconcile this thing. Because isn't God about reconciliation? He's about reconciliation. And you don't want to do that. And you say, well, I know God. What is God going to say? By his word? No, you don't. No, you don't. He says the one who does not love does not know God. For God is love. See, our life is here with Christ and God, so we're supposed to be walking in love. By this, verse 9, the love of God was manifested in us that God sent his only begotten son into the world so that we might live through him. In this is love. So he's spelling out what love is. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his, sent his son to be the perpetuation for our sins. That's the total satisfaction for our sins. He, he was it. He's the only one that could have done it. And it says here that that's love. That's what he said. That is love. And then it said in verse 11, Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God abides in us and and his love is perfected in us. By this we know that we abide in him and he in us because he has given us his spirit. Now, it can go like this. It can go like, well, I'm supposed to love you just like Christ loved me. I can know what love is because God sent his only begotten son while I was a sinner, and he died for me. What we're supposed to do to show that love is that we're supposed to die to our own selfish needs 
our own selfish desires, even though the person that we're supposed to love doesn't deserve it. Even though the person has probably mistreated us. Even though the person is treating us unfair. They might be, you know, really being naughty, naughty. You know how people are sometimes. But God says that we're supposed to love them, others, one another, as he has loved us. So therefore, we're supposed to now be ready to say, that's love. It's not love. God kind of love. When you love me and I love you because everything is going hunky-dory, peaches and cream, everything I do, you like. Everything you do, I like. So we said we love each other. That's not love. Come on. That's not love. See, love is when I did things that you don't like. You did things that I don't like. But I love you, and you love me, in spite of our shortcomings. That's love. That's what God wants. That's when we know God. We can say that we know God. So one was that we have what? Eternal life. Two, good deeds, a follower. Three, personal fellowship. Four, keep his commandments. And five, we love one another as he loved us. Now, we can look back on last week's message and we can say, okay, now I know then, and take, put this week with it, and I know what happened to Samuel's, uh, to, to why Samuel said that to, about Eli's son is because they didn't have fruit following. They, didn't, they weren't showing love. Uh, so, therefore, they didn't know God. See, they violated all that, what, what we talked about today. So even though they were taught by Eli, the word of God, they knew the word of God, they didn't know God. We can be the same way. We can bring up our children in, 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 in the household, and they don't know God, even though they hear it from us every day. We have Bible studies with them. We, you know, devotionals, we have all that kind of stuff. But if things are not walked out, if things are not walking in love, so that's what we're trying to do, and that's what we try to do in our household, is that, that we're going to walk this word of God out in the four walls. Everybody can smile in the sanctuary. You see? You see? So we want to walk it out in our household. And we, I'm telling you, we get on each other's nerves in our household. Don't we? You're not in our households either. What are you talking about? <laughs> I know you. I was just kidding. You're talking about your household, you know. <laughs> okay. Yeah. But, but you know, we, we do. Uh, everything knows to go hunky dory, you know, never and I. But that's okay. We love each other through thick and thin. Our doors, we're gonna, we're gonna, we, we will, we'll, we'll die to self for one another. That's what it's all about. We're going to try to reconcile. And we're trying to teach them that when, when things don't go well with you and somebody else, because sometimes, see, I can pick up an offense because somebody treats my never wrong, so I, I get mad at them because they treat my wife wrong. But see, that's picking up an offense. 
right? And we can do the same thing about treating each other, your friends, you know, uh, you, you know, because you got a little click sometimes. I hope you don't, but you do, sometimes we do. You have people that you hang around with. Sometimes they get mad at somebody, and then you get mad at somebody. Come on, that's not love. You see? But we're not going to go there today. All right? We're not going to go there today. That's when we're on a topic, another topic. Okay? So this is exciting to me. Now, we've got we to go to another thing next week. That's going to be exciting because we want to know God more, don't we? I know I'm not there. I know I'm not there yet. I'm headed that way. I will get there when I get my new body. I'm going to get there. You're not there yet either. Okay, I know you're not, even though you think you are. You're not there yet either. Okay? And so I want to know, how do I know him more? And so that's what we'll talk about next week. Okay? Let's stand. We want to, uh, let me have the, the, the life group leaders to go to your stations, please. Uh, your, your children already know in, in, in your classes that it'll be about quarter after before you come get them. They, they already know that. Uh, you can bring food in the sanctuary. Ignore the signs over there about uh, no food and drink in the sanctuary. You can have food and drink in the sanctuary. Uh, we want you to sign up. You got about, you know, you can mingle around, whatnot. Uh, we should have food out there for you and all those type of things. But most of all, I want you to fellowship. Fellowship with one another because our fellowship is with Jesus Christ and with the Father, so we want to fellowship with one another also. If you'll do that, that'll be great. Uh, I need a prayer team. Can you, uh, sweetheart, get my things off, the, off my table and put them on, on that table over there? We want to pray for the food also so that all you have to do is start eating. Father, thank you for the food we're about to take of. And more than that, we thank you for the food that we've already partaken of, Lord, Father, because it's, it's, that's the food, Lord. That's the true spiritual food. Thank you for that. That's the life. But the natural food, we ask you to bless it. It causes to be nourishment for our bodies. In the name of Jesus. Father, anyone don't really know the Lord, like they want to know the Lord, if they are coming back to you, Father, we have the prayer team. The prayer team will come right up here. Uh, they'll pray for you. We want to be a blessing to you. And I would dismiss you regular blessing that the Lord told Moses to tell Aaron, Aaron to say over the children of Israel. That's why we said the same thing every Sunday because that's what God told Moses to tell Aaron. And he said that when Aaron blessed the people I will bless the people. I'll put my name on my I'll bless them. So the Lord bless you, the Lord keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you. The Lord be gracious unto you, lift, lift, lift his countenance to you. Lift up his countenance to you and give you peace. In Jesus' name, everybody say. Amen. Have a wonderful fellowship time in the Lord.